Hey Vault Dwellers, this is Ethan. I'm here, we're going to space once again. We're going to be playing something a little bit different from the usual Paizo stuff. This will be episode one of a series called The Fourth Lesson. We're going to be playing a game called Lancer. Uh, yes. Modular so mud we get, and lasers. We get lances? Party. That's in Pathfinder. Don't we, uh, we all have lances? Something like that. You'll catch on. Don't okay. ruin this for me. Do Rich. I get it in real life too? <laughs> yes, it's in the mail. Okay, perfect. It's on the way. Highway legal. I'm going to let that one go. Perfect. So, what, what, what do we say Lancer the RPG? So, Lancer is a uh, game about mechs and the pilots who fly them. Very modular, tactical. There's a very smooth narrative element to it, countered by a nice, crunchy mech combat system. So, uh, also, I believe this is by our good friends over at Massive Press. So, if you, any of our listeners want to check them out, uh, it's a fun game. Also, if you happen to work for a Massive Press, we'd love for you to be our good friends. Well, anyway, I'm joined today by... Hi, my name's Sammy. You have heard me once before on the Pathfinders Beginner's Box. I am glad to be back. I'll be playing a character called Sylvia Keaty, and I am very excited to be here. That was way too good of an introduction <laughs> yeah. to follow. Follow that yeah. bitch. <laughs> uh hi i'm adam i play uh will suture on the mountain tail podcast uh i've also been in and out as a couple of other characters here and there uh i will be playing ricky maples it's your boy b dubs um you would probably not need introduction to who i am unless you're just listening to this podcast for the first time in case i do other stuff for the adventurous vault it's great you should check out the mountain tail and I'll be playing a Lancer pilot called Rifus Trebo, who I think is a captain. <laughs> Big if true. Fingers crossed. I mean, if you tell enough people, boom, you're a captain. Yeah. You're like uh, Jack Sparrow. There should be a captain in there. Somewhere. That's how this character kind of works. If you say it enough times, you'll start to believe it yourself. Also, if a black ship shows up, we should just go. And uh, you guys may have guessed who I am. I'm Rich. It's been a while since you've heard my voice on mic, but uh, hey, I'm back, and this time I'm going to be playing in a game. I am going to be Sam Plumley. Uh, he goes by Highway. It's my way or the highway, so. They call me Highway. You stole his line. He was saving that. <laughs> it's a limp biscuit. It. I know. It's a limp biscuit song. I don't know if you're racing me. <laughs> How dare you disperse the name of Limp Bizkit. It's my way. My way on the highway. I'm sorry. Don't you mean L-I-M-P biscuit right L -I -M -P, here? L-I-M-P biscuit is right here. People in the house hey, put hey. their hands in the air because if you don't care. I want people I, to make it to listening to the I actual can, podcast. I can go through the whole 90s if you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm not certain we can we can present that. I think we can afford <laughs> Limp Bizkit, actually. It's just weird that you started singing the theme song to this whole series early. <laughs> we got it. You wait, wait for your fucking cue, Brad. We scraped together the thirty bucks to get it. <laughs> Listen, it was us or the county fair, and the county fair got vanilla ice already. So we got limp biscuit at I a mean, bargain. We, I mean, I laugh, but if we could afford my way or the highway for the theme song, that I, I would, I would, I'd fight for it. Yeah. Spartan hoplite with spear and shield, gallant knight atop noble steed, the flying ace at the wheel of his biplane, and the lancer in the cockpit of her mech in the year 5016U under the third committee of union. 
Standing atop the old world, humanity reached out from the darkness of Cradle toward the light of the stars and flourished. Throughout the galaxy, mankind found itself in its great diaspora, and on the bones of the Anthropocene era was built Utopia, held aloft by three pillars. No walls shall stand between worlds. All shall have their material needs fulfilled. None shall be held in bondage through force, labor, or debt. But Utopia is under constant threat, and the golden age that is so close may be torn down before it can be fully realized. Now is a time for action, time for heroes to act in collective struggle. A time for Lancers. We pan to a space station. We see a man in a military uniform, high-ranking, admiral's wings on his lapel, and a woman comes to him and presents a file and slides it towards him. He turns away from the window of the space station and begins flipping through it. He looks at this woman and he says, I believe they'll do. These were the four from the Ivanhoe incident, weren't they? Yes, I believe you're right. They're all we've got and they're the closest. Elder Cobbs. Why don't we do some character introduction? Sylvie, what's your character doing right now? Sylvie, ah. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I did it again! I did it again! I assumed it was purposeful! I did too. You there, whatever your name is, what are you doing right now? Take whatever credit you can give me. Okay. We go into Sylvia's quarters. We see her. She's very plain looking, brown, mousy hair. Features that really wouldn't stand out in a crowd easily blends in. Wearing all black kind of cargo pants and sweater. Sylvia is probably just in her quarters right now going over some files from previous missions uh, for some of her, her comrades that she hasn't heard back from in the past few months, trying to get as much information on them as possible. And as you, uh, as you flip through, in one of the files in particular, you go to shuffle the stack and one of them slips out of your hand and falls down to the bedside onto the floor and lands open. As you go to reach for it, you grab a photograph, something that maybe you found through research, putting feelers out. You look at the photo and you've, you've seen it before, but you see something that you overlooked and you sort of swipe a hollow paper to enhance zoom. And you see a face that you think you might recognize in the background. Photo taken at like a training day or celebration you can't quite put your finger on it but you feel like you've seen this face before recently and at that moment an alarm goes off and a light flashes indicating that your ship is being hailed damn it she puts the files away gets up we pan to ricky what do we see so if you zoomed on the face you would think it was the face of like a 14 year old boy (laughs) but that's changed by the fact that it's on a massive muscular frame with uh straw colored hair He's doing a mixture of uh, hanging upside down, doing basically like an upside down setup, while at the same time eating an MRE that looks like it's corned beef and corn. <laughs> you like sit up, take a bite, go back down. Uh, there's several what looks like already eaten packages on the ground. Um, he looks thoroughly bored. And uh, your boredom uh, may be about to be abated as you hear the, uh, the alarm ring. Oh yeah, it's time to go to work. So as you walk down the uh, the corridor, out of your room towards the main bridge, what do you do? What do you see? Uh, so he walks out of what looks like a small set of crew quarters almost directly off a hangar bay. And within the hangar, you can see several mechs. One of them dominates the scene size-wise, and that's his baby. That's the turtle shark. Uh, a large Drake-class unit that is huge. 
probably three times the size of an average mech. As you walk through the hangar, you see uh, one of the general crew of the ship. He sort of salutes you. Ricky, looks like we got a comb coming in. Got the Admiral's signature. Yeah, it's time to go to work. I'm going to go see my baby. I'll have it tuned up for you. Don't you touch her. She's from my hands only. Are you an engineer? No. Okay. <laughs> I think yep. I have some skills that allow me to fix my stuff, though. And that's the problem. That's why <laughs> <laughs> I never said I was smart. Sugar in the gas tank, little, <laughs> little sand in the gears, and she'll be running like new. That grinding sound is how you know she's working. And cut over to Rifus Trebo. We pan to a, just a normal-sized cabin on the ship, uh, and it's incredibly austere. Like, there might be a duffel bag in the corner or a couple things hung up, but there's no decoration of any kind. And Rifus is a, a shorter man, about 5'8", hawkish features, thin, but he's pressing the new uniforms he had made for everybody. It's basically just a, a jumpsuit, nothing fancy for their size unit, but it's got a, a nice new insignia on the left shoulder of a snarling black tiger which is the name of their new unit that they have formed since the Ivanhoe incident. And he's staring at his desk where there is a cup of hot water. And almost ritualistically, like, he dips a tea bag in and starts to wrap the string around, but, like, something something throws him off. And he kind of, like, huffs and does it again. And, like, after the third time, he just... <sighs> and he looks to the right at what's frustrating him. And on the desk is a fruit basket that says, Thanks for the fun time, the Countess. And for the life of him, Rifus has no clue who that is or why there's a fruit basket on his desk. But it's ruining tea time. And as the tea steeps, the light that's been blinking before you walked into the room to make said cup of tea continues to blink, indicating a message. Rifus, uh, thankful for the distraction from the unknown, goes into the known, which is business. The mercenary business. And he clicks the play button. And as he, he clicks the play button, what flashes up as a call signature not from the Union Admiralty, but rather from a familiar source. And you recognize the voice as your father. And you see on the, the vid just kind of a man's feet dangling out from underneath the carriage of some type of vehicle or mech. And you hear, uh, hey, kid, it's me, you know, I just, I was just calling because yesterday was, uh, well, yeah, you, you know what day it was, I guess. You always kept that day better than I did. But, uh, just Giving you a call, won't be able to reach out on long-range comms before too long. Got a good contract coming up with Albatross. Be in the long run for a while, so message me back. I'll check it when I get a chance. Bye. Rifus, like, sighs. The sigh of a son who doesn't have a great relationship with his dad anymore. And, like, he, he hits record. Dad, I... Delete. Record. Hey, I just... I... Delete. Record. After a second, he just pulls up a keypad. Hey, Dad, got your message. Got our own things cooking. Have you heard from Rennie? Love rife. Send. And a moment after you send, you go to take a sip of your tea. When the overhead blares, you hear Ricky running down the hallway, slapping on your door, signaling you to make your way to the bridge. Rife just kind of sighs at the teacup and then pushes it aside. Not today, old friend. Standing up, he runs after Ricky before he breaks something. And we'll pan over to Sam Plumley. Just then we enter into an 80s-style montage. As you see a man, he's in fatigues, he has the crew cut, he has that lean, muscular build that makes him stand out 
like a GI. This guy's a military man through and through. First, you see him in the gym. He's doing pull-ups. He's lifting weights. Then we move over to the Lancer hangar, and you see him hang out with his Lancer, and there's a tech there, and they've got a screen up, and he's pointing back and forth very quickly, asking questions. Then we skip to a scene where he's in a simulator running through a recent combat situation and battles that he's been in, looking for ways that he could have done it better, flipping back and forth. You see him at a table, he reaches out and he hits a timer, he pulls out a sidearm and very quickly disassembles the sidearm, puts it back together, stops the timer, checks his time, and the montage goes on and on. He has that, that busyness that only somebody who spent his life in the military knows how to use and spend their time. And as, as he hangs upside down and disassembles the gun blindfolded for a third time... I, I missed you were upside down, goddamn. <laughs> I think he mad at it. It's oh. good enough for it's good enough for uh, major pain. It's good enough for you, all right. <laughs> and as uh, you reassemble the gun, he loads a bullet. He racks the chamber. An alarm blares. Door opens, and one of the assistants on the ship says, "Message coming in, sir. It's from the Admiralty." You see him secure his weapon in a very practiced manner. Check his uniform. Throw on his jacket, and not quite march out, but has that. Precision movement, like somebody who's going somewhere with a purpose. As you all convene on the bridge where the comm station is, flares to life as you answer the call. I assume we, since we're playing this adventure. <laughs> no, we stare at the blinky light for an hour. What mean this? <laughs> I think it's Morse code, Captain. Where are all the files? <laughs> In the computer. Yes, sir, I'm afraid they're all we've got. <laughs> you sure there's not literally anyone else? <laughs> Within, like, four star systems? All right, well, ring them again. <laughs> At that point, though, like, if, if a, a message is coming in from the Admiral, by right, I think the captain should get it. And I do. I hit the button. And as the uh, quantum entanglement computer flares to life, you see uh, an Admiral he turns around and... An old, weathered man, very stern, firm look on his face. Uh, he just kind of looks between the four of you and just sort of gets right to business. Lancers, thank you for joining me. Just over 13 hours ago, our research station on the moon of Durandal went dark. Durandal station's moon orbits a planet in the Zatera system in the outer region, the system home to a particularly volatile star, which makes communication difficult. Last night, they missed their check-in. They haven't missed one yet, so we're completely blind here and we need boots on the ground. We need people who are reliable, we need people who are in the area, so that means you. Any questions? Admiral, thank you for entrusting this with uh, to us. We, of course, have a EVA gear. We're more than ready to handle any space and or ground tactics. Uh, is there any in more information you can give us? Of course. The Zatera system is home to, like I said, a particularly volatile star. Every 38 hours it erupts with a violent solar flare. That makes communication very difficult. Shuts down our long-range comms, so every 38 hours we get a check-in. Well, they miss theirs. The station is set up to give us telemetry on the nature of solar radiation. Its impact on wildlife has been integral to our understanding of solar power. The team is led by Dr. Sokorod. His work has been invaluable. Admiral, do you know if there's uh, this radiation interference? Would it have any effect on Lancer gear? Do we need to take any precautions? Long-range comms will be impossible to use, but your normal gear should work just fine. However, I would recommend staying out of direct sunlight at the peak of the solar flare, which will be approaching. Noted. 
Uh, if you could have the tech squad forward us any relevant data on the planet, uh, we'll make contact. If it's a gear issue, we'll help them get up and running. Uh, and if it's anything else, the Tigers will handle it. Very good. We'll send you all the relevant information. We're blind here, so it's impossible to say what we're sending you into. Could be pirates. Could be malfunction. Lucky for you, Tigers see in the dark. And then, like, makes a straight bluff face because he, like, doesn't actually know if that's true. <laughs> I just imagine the whole Miami, <laughs> Miami CSI is like, oh, and he puts on sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, like, tigers have been extinct for 500 years, but I don't know. So I don't know enough to dispute that. No worries. As the communication fades away, you see on their side him asking a bunch of texts, and the texts are, like, searching for them. Do they? I don't know. Do they? All right, we'll send you all the relevant information, Lancer. Should the worst have happened, get Dr. Sokorod and his team out of there. Human lives are your top priority. Understood. Salvage lives and gear secondary. Admiral Wayland out. Now, this is a <laughs> crucial moment in Lancer history. <laughs> How many people on the bridge are not wearing the uniform? Oh, I'm definitely not. The Rifus knew that was probably going to happen. <laughs> um, did we have it with us already? I think I would. I, in my, we probably had some time. In here. my head cannon. <laughs> Now, they were, like, pretty much just jumpsuits. Like, we didn't have time so, for, like, the formal. So, I'm wearing it, but it's, like, tied around my waist. That, like, it's that legs counts. on and then tied around that, my that waist. That counts. <laughs> so, like, Highway would have his, but, like, you can clearly see the patch on the shoulder. Yeah. Like, you can see that there used to be another patch, and this is just sewn over it. That's fine. Like, we, I, th I think the four of us sat down and had a very aggressive, like, mark, like meeting, and there were certain things that had to be met. Like, I wear it, but I'll wear the patch. I'm like, oh, okay, that's great. That's great. And right. I think Sylvia the entire time was just like, I am not wearing this at all i cannot make me wear this listen <laughs> listen we'll eventually get the dress grace and we'll mm -hmm. talk about it then i am not wearing this you cannot it's, you, you should no, see no, you, i just wait wait till you see him why would i want wait to wear this why him. would you want me to wear this the cufflinks alone i do not want cufflinks <laughs> I, uh, I do not care about cufflinks all right i think we should all just compromise and get tattoos I cannot get a tattoo. What? How stupid are I? Cannot get a tattoo. Come on, big old are you tiger kidding on your me? Chest, that's cool. Now listen, that is a post-success mission, and I'm open to it. But that is never going. To let's happen. get results first, gentlemen. Hoorah, ladies and gentlemen. Hoorah! I've never been so happy the Navy kicked me out. Me too, buddy. That does not surprise <laughs> me. Me too. Yeah, who needs that collateral damage? Uh, well, we did get insurance. Navigation, <laughs> set a course. Setting a course for Durando. In transit, though, I'll, I'll contact, like, the tech heads and be like, Hey, anything you can do to, like, boost radiation armor, do it. All right, we'll see what we can do. What's our ship name? Well, <laughs> that's a... What did we decide during the aggressive negotiations when we formed the unit? <laughs> the Black Tiger? I mean, that was that would be my Oh, well, for vote. the Black Tigers, we should do something like the Screaming Tiger or the Striped Tiger. The tiger. Ti Tiger's Den would be my vote. Tiger's Den? Okay, Tiger's that's good. Den. I would like to point out I do have two things in engineering, so I do know engineering. Uh -huh. <gasps> On this character. He does know yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> but, uh, who, who's in charge of, like, the, the techs for our gear? Like, for the Lancers? Uh, like the ship's mechanics. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like, I'm sure we have a team of techs, and, like, we're probably not super well-funded, so we're pretty bare-bones. Probably have, like, just a few people. Yeah, yeah, like, and we all have to do our own, a lot of our own maintenance, but there's gotta be a guy. Well, yeah. I mean, theoretically, I believe the or way it works in the system is we don't necessarily even have to do maintenance, because if we had a printer, you just fucking print a new mech in between missions. So who's who's our printer? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pop Copy. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, Taz, they still have some tech. Taz fuck them, that's why. <laughs> if they bring you, they bring you an Apple file, tell them you only take Windows. If they bring you a Windows file, tell you only take Apple. Yeah, they pro- you guys probably have like a some kind of tech on board who who helps with like maybe designing. Reading, yeah. you're very know. much avoiding giving us a name. <laughs> I don't know what is his name. You tell me who this is. All right, we call him Sparky. Deal. But his his name's Sid Mendez. All right, he's like he's kind of an older guy. You radio down to Sparky, and he's, he's like, I already got 37 different contingencies for various types of radiation. Is this a white dwarf, or is this a red dwarf star? Sending you the files we got now. Binary or singular. Oh, shit, look at uh, something's on the bridge. Files your weight. <laughs> he comes cutting out. You got to know how to talk to text, guys. You just <laughs> Leadership is knowing how much to give. You hear, like, two thuds as if, Sparky just took a broom handle, like banged it on the <laughs> on the ceiling, as if to say, "Got it." Our ship's a little low tech, so we actually have like the the pipes with the little ear horn yeah. on the end of it. After a few hours of transit, the moon of Durandal comes into view, and uh, you guys, mechs are loaded onto a uh, transit vehicle to move you between the ship and uh, the actual surface of the moon. And uh, as you load into your cockpits sirens wail and you hear the onboard AI says approaching Durandal Lancers mount up the transit ship fires down towards the moon rocking back and forth and you feel the turbulence pieces of metal fly away as the uh, air brakes flare out as it flares down towards the moon's surface it pulls up at the last minute and ejects four mechs. Jump jets flare to slow your descent and then scatter away and land next to you onto the, the surface of the moon. And what do we see as four mechs land heroically? The first mech that lands kind of jumps forward and you see what a keen eye would notice is the familiar frame of a Nelson. Although it looks a little more lean, almost springy in nature as, as though it could just leap forward and jump into action at any moment. It carries a spear in one hand and an axe in the other hand. Up and down the the body, you almost see these shadowy-like tattoos, for lack of a better phrase, seem to be kind of slowly faded into the the paint job that give you almost a Native American motif, if if you knew what that was. And that's when you realize that that's why it's hard to place this as a Nelson, because it has an obvious tinge to it that just somehow screams the insane nature that is Horus which doesn't seem to make sense. But just then, you do actually see it spring forward and start running, and you, and you realize that this is a fast mech. Somebody used to operating in the in the front lines. As some of the other mechs are landing on the moon's surface, we see uh, Rifus's mech, which is a heavily modified SSC Hawkmoth, clad in predominantly black paint with a couple of red highlights, but he's hovering over the moon's low gravity with his EVA system, getting like a feel for the place because he's got a pretty good like TACCOM system and very long sensor ranges. So he is mapping out the moon surface that they can see and feeding that data already to the other Lancers. But at the same time, he's trying to get a glimpse of Durandal Station. You see a, a small crater hit the ground as, <laughs> the, as the, uh, the, the Turtle Shark, a Drake-class mech, uh, hits the ground. And at first, it literally does just look like a fortified outpost just dropped in and then it stands up uh, and the plating starts to separate and you can see a huge heavily armored mech 
uh, that it looks like it has additional shielding in place, and on the back is an enormous Leviathan heavy assault cannon. It has in, in one of its hands a shotgun, and it just starts to slowly plod its way forward. And then you also see a SSA Black Witch mech drop to the ground. It is very sleek. It's very small compared to the mammoth that it <laughs> dropped down next to. Uh, has kind of like a matte black paint job, and on it you see more so drone attachments. As you land, and in in Rifus's case, hover over the surface of the moon, you see it's uh, dense with vegetation. It's a very uh, kind of jungly kind of moon, very forest moon of Endor vibes. I had that completely and, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did everybody else. You're picturing the said moon, the moon, the yeah, moon. Our yeah. moon, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now you see lar- large plants with gigantic leaves, large wildlife birds fly in the distance that look like they ought to be several times larger than any bird you might might have seen before. You see the heat indicators on your HUD are high, but not dangerously high. Do we see the station, or do at least I see the station in the distance? You at this kind of vantage point would see quite a ways out a large satellite dish Maybe some buildings peeking out over some of the tree line. Fuck. Is this normal gravity? Yeah. The EVA wouldn't work like that. Let's say your jump jets have, yeah. uh, are engaged and you've, you've paused a little bit. You've dialed up the fuel just a little bit to get what quick vantage yeah. you can. Okay. And you see see what you can of Durandal Station in the distance. And below you is kind of a wide open field. There's a landing platform with refueling station, several buildings, a transmitter, and some rocky outcroppings. And you dial the fuel back, the jump jets, easier descent, and then scatter off as they break away. You're kind and fair, God. I'll open the comms. Durandal Station, this is Mercenary Unit Black Tigers. We're here to support. You missed your call in. Please respond. You get silence on the, uh, on the comms. Cycle through your comm unit if you've got damage. We can at least hear if you've got interference. And once again, you hear nothing as if, I don't know, as if you're you're broadcasting on a dead channel. I'll, I'll cut that comms. I don't like it, guys. I don't like it. And I start feeding, like, TACCOM data to the rest of them. And now all four Lancers are kind of on, like, the same battle grid. And we're kind of feeding each other, like, TAC data. What are you seeing up there, Highway? This Highway, I'll move up and take a look. And indeed, that's what I'll do. I'll, you'll see him kind of advance forward and, and like a practice maneuver, using terrain to keep himself uh, less noticeable and out of sight as he kind of sprints from one object to the next. So, like, off to Turtle Shark's right, Tiger Moth. And I, I didn't describe this very well earlier, but it's like a... It's got, like, bird legs like with the reverse joint. And, you know, the main thing about it is it's got a cannon on its right shoulder that's about as long as the mech is tall. It's not as big as turtle sharks, but you can see a, a pretty prolific rail gun. All right, so you're just kind of canvassing the area. Yeah. Sort yeah. Of... Like, we got a bad vibe, but there's no evidence of bad yet. As you canvass the area, is there anything you want to investigate specifically? I am looking through the foliage for Lancer marks. It is heavy jungle, which is going to screw with our sensors and line of sight. But if a Lancer met kicked over trees... That's not, you can't hide that. And that's predominantly what Rifus is looking for. Well, as you investigate the tree line, you don't really, you don't really see anything, any tracks, any signs of 
mech movement, no foliage disturbed, trees knocked down, branches mm. snapped, anything like that. But on the distance, you see kind of a ripple as if the gigantic leaves of these plants are being disturbed by something. And your short-range comm crackles to life, and you hear... Incoming, incoming. I don't know who you are, but we're coming in hot. We got bogeys on our tail. This is Red 4. We're evacuating. We have women and children aboard. Red 4, we are friendly. Send for the Admiralty. Move your vector to these things. We will cover you. We're on our way now. And then, like, not on that comm. Um... Be ready. If they're, if this is a ruse, blast them. Shaman, you got anything on your sensors coming up? I see some sort of blur on the tree line there. Something is going on. Yeah, can I? Because I was kind of looking to see. Yeah, what's what's your sensor range? What I could. <laughs> what is my sensor? 15. Yeah. I mean, mine's <laughs> 20. So at a, at a certain point, you being a little bit closer <laughs> to, the, to the tree line. Yeah. You see, as the radar sweeps side to side, you see first one ping and then several following it. And then as it moves further in, another ping and several following it. As what seems to be a few ships in pursuit by something. When we say ships, like ground hover car kind of things? Or like these like spaceships setting our way? Yeah. Not like spaceships, but they look like, like personnel vehicles. Yeah. Larger than a mech. Not like a Star Destroyer or anything. Yeah. But like Too small to be Imperial Battlecruisers. Right. Like a small cargo transport yeah, yeah, enough yeah. to fit okay. a decent amount of people and break atmosphere but not enough to you know have heavy weapons as they get closer you hear the whistle of rocket fire and explosions gunfire as it grows louder and louder and all of a sudden as the gunfire and rocket fire grows loudest the tree line breaks and there's a snapping of leaves twigs branches and several ships fly out of the tree line towards the cliff face trying to break atmosphere being pursued by several smaller what look to be drones of some kind so lancers mount up are you ready to party we need roll for initiative we don't actually because the cool thing about lancer is that rather than rolling for initiative we just kind of go back and forth where we'll be starting with the tigers and then the opposing forces will go, and we just go back and forth until both sides have taken a complete turn. And we can kind of, like, pick, like, who gets to go first, you our can. order, right? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. You get yeah. to pick amongst yourselves, so rather than uh, luck of the roll, we just kind of go back and forth. What's What's nice is for any Battletech fans out there, um, there's really not a lot of Lancer minis, but every single thing on our board right now, except for two rats and a dollar store spaceship, are either Dark Age, Battletech minis, or a large 3D printed Warhawk. <laughs> yeah, a very, like, it, it really is huge, which is somewhat accurate to size. Huh? It's hard to adequately describe the sheer size of this mini. I mean. So, the, the ships you see breaking the tree line are about 30 or 40 feet ab above you. Drones pursuing what looks to be like a civilian transit ship. And uh, as it breaks the tree line, the comms crackle the life again and broadcasting a general general comment says stand down stand down we have women and children aboard and there is no response from the drones who continue to open fire now there's one vehicle that looks like it's carrying the women and children and four drones there's currently one vehicle that has just broken through the tree line 
Okay. And uh, Lancers, it is the Tiger's turn. I am going to make a case <laughs> for, going, Deja vu here. for going first with my ginormous railgun that shoots in a straight line and hits anything <laughs> in that straight line, and that the four ships, I could argue, are in a straight line. I mean, it's yeah. not a bad idea. I mean, so Ethan, how would you rule that? Because it is a hex grid, so it's a little wonky. Like, are we just doing like... So, Ethan, with my laser, I have a line that has all four. You you adju- adjudicate that how you want. I'm going to say yeah. Okay. I'm going to say yeah. They've all, they're all kind of in pursuit in a formation. As they're bursting through the tree line, like, they just happen to be on the same side as Tiger Moth. And, like, it's kind of like the uh, Transformers movie where Megatron doesn't even have to move his gun to kill a guy. <laughs> like, they're already lined up to the rail gun. And, like, Rivas thinks about telling the drones to stand down for a minute. And he's like, fuck it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to enact a protocol. So as these drones kind of, like, clear the tree line, there's targeting information already being fed into the Tiger Moth's advanced targeting computers. Like, even for a normal Lancer, this mech has extra targeting options. So, like, already I'm going to get a plus one. Uh, for perfected targeting, I get additional plus one to all range attack rolls. I'm going to enact a protocol where I get a... Uh, actually, fuck it. I'm just going to go steady aim. So you see, like, the tiger... Tiger moth's claws dig into the dirt and, like, steadies the mech. So if I'm doing all my math right, I should get a plus five to this. Okay. Now, remember, the accuracy means you get to add a d6 to the attack right. roll. Is that right? Yeah. It's not like a plus one. Okay, so uh, 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 this is a D20 system, right? Yep. Right. Okay, so when we make an attack, we roll a D20, and I add plus five. All right. Come on, old blue. Uh, nat 19. Ooh. That'll do. I'm going to say that is double <laughs> the <laughs> target. 24, yeah. <laughs> That's not a thing in this system, but if it were... Whew, hot damn. All right. Uh, I forgot to once around choose... Sorry, I think I have, like... 40 protocols. <laughs> you, can, you can do a free action. You can do as many free actions on your turn as you want. But oh, only, Jesus Christ. But only one of a, of any given type. Right? Okay. So, like, one protocol, one attack of opportunity. Okay. That kind of thing. Okay. One, you know, special system of some kind, if you had it. Okay. So, this will be 2d6 plus 4. Now, do I need to roll to hit all four things? You, no, yours did not. We looked this up before. That's the target, or that's the attack for everything in that line. Jesus Christ. So if okay. something had high enough, if they had separate ones... Then this will right. be 2d6 plus 4 kinetic damage. Uh, so, uh, 5, 5 plus 4, 9 damage to, I think, all of them? There's not something on that gun that specifies you don't have to roll multiple times, and you would have to roll for each target. Okay. But the damage will be one roll. Okay. So we're looking at nine damage across the board. First guy gets hit. Neuralink is suddenly less sexy. Second <laughs> attack. Uh, nat 17. Third one misses. And then fourth. That is three hits out of four. Nine damage. And that is armor piercing. Well, as reactions, these uh, three that were going to get hit are going to barrel roll. They twist and dive. The beam pierces the skyline shredding vegetation behind them as they splinter out of the way and fly forward by about 30 feet. Do they avoid the damage altogether? They do avoid the damage. Son of a bitch. Causes the attack to miss. 
Well, hopefully they can only do that once. They should only get one reaction. So, but one of them has flip-flop and twisted to nine squares away, which puts him in range of my assault rifle. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> He's played himself, has he? So, uh, nat 17, 21. Ooh. That's only 1d6 kinetic, but it is reliable too. Uh, I see my beloved Banson's Raider Axe, so that's six damage. There's no plus to that? Not for the um, assault rifle. The one that's flown nearest to you, and he, in fact, cannot do that. Twice in one round, as the assault rifle just bites right through the metal and splinters, the drone shatters to pieces, and the metal rains down onto the ground in front of you. Red 4, we will take over combat. Keep dodging. Come our way. There is one bogey still on their tail. Uh, that is... I think that's all I can do. Yeah, because I did steady aim, so I am immobilized until the start of my next turn. All right. One of the, we're going to refer to them as just drones. One of these drones. I'm going to go ahead and see if it uh, recharges its reaction. If not... Oh, shit, they can recharge the reaction. They can recharge that. Well, they have to recharge that to use it again. Oh, okay. That's the good news. And it... Uh, flies towards you, Rifus, as its own minigun rotates, flares to life, the barrel heats up, bullets start spitting into the dirt in front of you and run up towards you in a line, and uh, they seem to find their mark. The line of bullets walks up and hear the metal ping as several of them find their target, uh, and you take four damage. Only there was a character that if you just stood next to them, you got cover. <laughs> mm. That's not how the story played out, Adam. <laughs> Don't be a metagamer. <laughs> and the next one will fly forward. They kind of split off maneuvering out of a clear line with which they were targeted before. And uh, same thing. Once again, Rifus is riddled with gunfire and takes another four points of kinetic damage. Turtle shark! <laughs> <laughs> and back to the tigers. I mean, I can go unless anybody makes a case. I'd like to, but then I feel like you guys are going to have to move just to get a shot off if I move first. I mean, so. I can move a lot, so... I, I don't think friendlies provide cover. They, that, they do not. Uh, he does. But if normal cover rules apply, that he provides cover. He acts as cover oh, against he's so enemy big. fire. Generally right. speaking, like, cover is not provided unless you have, like, that tag. But the enemies wouldn't get cover from his ginormous madness. Yes, and then also, if as long as I'm engaged... Which I'm assuming in range Congrats. of enemies. Um, <laughs> uh, me and any allies adjacent to me count as having soft cover. So even just being adjacent to me, you at least have soft cover. Uh, why doesn't somebody else go? My my idea is I'm going to move that way as far as I can to go after that guy and help him out. But I can't quite get there and attack him. So maybe somebody goes and he'll go. because well, I'm just kind of looking at what I can do. Because really the only thing I would be able to do with how far everyone is away... Is, I mean, I could deploy an ice out drone for like these guys right here, but everything else I can do, they have to be closer to me. Uh, so, I mean, your so. ice out drone is pretty fucking good, though. So. Yeah. Keep in mind, they are elevated somewhat. They're so, flying in the air. So, as the battle forms, the four drones clear the tree line. A ginormous railgun misses all of them, makes a nice little dip. I managed to get a couple bullets onto one of them. Two of them head my way shooting. And Good job, Captain. There is still one chasing. So Rifus is going to be like... Turtle Shark, move forward and engage. Let the others move up behind you. We need to save that vehicle. Move around, Captain. Moving forward. 
So I have a move of, it looks like, three. So if you'll move me forward three. Uh, <laughs> should I just double move? Uh, not if you can shoot. Let's see. What's, what's, how far away from them am I? There's one at six and one at seven. So I am just going, you're going to see the heavy cannon come down but not spin. And then just, burp, real quick. Um, and this is just going to be a straight die roll. Big mech go, burp. Oh, hold, hold on. Now, if you like... Because I am such a fantastic leader. I'm a mecha so shiny and <laughs> I new. I don't want it. Uh, no, you want it. You want this D6. You know you want it. That I'm going to use my leadership skill and grant you a D6, which can be used to reduce damage by 1D6. When taking damage, deal an extra 1D6 bonus damage if you want. Okay. So this will be a straight die roll. And it's going to miss. Seven. So you see him, but again, the agile drone uh, maneuvers out of the way. All right. Anything else? Uh, I moved, and I shot. There was my two... Oh, I get another quick action, don't I? Yeah, because move is a thing on its own, then you get two quicks. Yeah. Can I can I shoot the gun twice? I don't think... You can't skirmish twice. You can't skirmish twice, but you can use a full action to do two attacks. Yeah, if you barraged and said you can do two weapons. But they have to be different weapons. Oh, see, I don't... The other one oh. would be out of range. You so. could also you could just lock move. on. Uh, what's lock on do for me? Uh, it gives an accuracy to the next attack... Or someone who attacks after you have made lock-on can choose to consume lock-on to gain one accuracy. I'll do the lock-on, but I won't use it. I'll do it after I shoot. Like, I was just, you know, covering fire kind of style. Yeah. That's what I should have done was covering fire, but hindsight's 2020. So, yeah, I, the, the cannon comes down. He just gives a little quick burp, burp, and, and then he's going to do lock-on for the next person to be able to get a extra accuracy to the next Ooh. attack. All right, so... And now, that, now that one drone has taken some covering fire and finds a reticle following it, locking on, it <laughs> is now Team Drone. And the one back behind, the transport ship, you see a missile rotate, lock into place, and fire. And whistles through the air, and as the transport ship moves forward, drone follows suit. Wait, so who's actually taking their turn? One of them. Okay, the drones are the drones right. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but I think the so it looks like the the carrier vehicle moves with the drone. I'm just gonna so. have the carrier the okay the vehicle move. Because I would say if they get a turn, I would add them to the battle grid, and if they were on the battle grid, I'd give them a D6. <laughs> you could. Okay, I'd, I'd say you can. I yeah. I in fact am going to, and like as he's trying to dodge, like I'm telling the pilot. Like, hey, watch out for the left, and they can use that to minimize some damage. Okay. Can you use more than... Is, is that a reaction, or is that I a can do that at the start of any ally's turn. But okay. he only has a num certain number of them. I got okay. six. We pan into the cockpit of this evacuation ship, and the pilot looks into his uh, kind of sensors and sees a red dot blinking and zooming in faster. We follow the missile as it twists and winds as he tries to evade, and... And the missile explodes, and with your uh, as your leadership, you give him the right timing to bank hard left. As the missile detonates, the blast rocks the ship, and it shakes a little bit, but it seems to take mostly concussive force and is still up, still at him. We're going to get you through this, Red 4. Just, just keep going this way. We got you. It accelerates forward further up the battlefield as the tree line breaks. And another ship comes into view, 
trailed once again by four drones. You should tell them to take cover behind me. Red 3, we've got you on our visual. Follow Red 4 to the giant mech. Use it for cover. We got you. We're going to get you through this today. Roger, I see it. Hard to miss it. <laughs> That's the idea. Hurrah! All right. Team Tiger. Uh, I'll go unless Sammy has something you want to do. I mean, there's more coming out. So I could throw out the ice out drones. So Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Throw go, it out? Do your thing. Okay. Cool. So, um, because it's just within my uh, sensor range. So I'm going to put it right there. So characters at least partially within the ice out drones first one area. The enemy is suited to all tech actions and can't make tech tech actions either. So does that mean the lock on on it goes away? No, it means they no. can't make tech because that's our lock on. Yeah. You said immune. Yeah, are they are. And immune then it to tech says actions. existing conditions and effects caused by tech actions are not cleared. Okay. But characters have immunity to them while they're in the area and can't be saved against normally. Perfect. Okay. So we'll do that, and then lock-on, is it just within your sensor range? Yeah. Okay, yes. so I'm going to apply lock-on to that one. Perfect, and then... so the one closest to Rifus. Mm-hmm, and then locked I'm, on. yeah, I'm going to take a bit of cover behind Turtle Shark. So even if you're adjacent to me, you'll still benefit from soft cover. Don't ask me what the difference between the two is, but yeah. Uh, soft cover is going to be 1d6 difficulty against the enemy attack and hardcover is 2d6 so for example that hard vegetation out there that's going to be like some soft cover so one difficulty fair enough you are hard to shoot through and those cancel each other out so like if you have an accuracy and they have a difficulty they just go away yep yeah. and of course these these rocky outcroppings here if one were to get underneath one of those that would count as hardcover all right hi hi and uh, one of them in the back is going to, once again, the missile locks into place and fires, almost seeming to trace a path towards the evacuating ship. And the missile finds its target pretty pretty easily, and the blast rocks the ship, and it tilts forward and pulls back up. Seems somewhat worse for wear, but still airborne. And so I believe that means Highway is the only one on Team Tiger who hasn't gone. So Highway has been doing his best to be unnoticed here. The infiltrator in the group is trying to make certain that the battlefield doesn't know where he is so he can take the right moment to strike. Unfortunately, as these other drones break from the tree line, he realizes that what we really need right now are more targets on the battlefield. We need something to make them think about something other than these two transport that we want them to, to leave alone. So unfortunately, the best thing for Highway to do and then you, it pans back to the mech, and you see like the legs like flex and grip into the sand as he springs forward, and you see the legs pumping faster and faster as he moves across the battlefield at blinding speed. Maybe not blinding, but he goes really fast. I'm going to interject, because yes, I forgot to for Shaman. But you're on the battle grid here. Have a D6. <laughs> and as he's moving across, he reaches down and hits a f switch and brings in that extra tactical data coming from his captain. What is Rifus requesting of Highway? What what order is he issuing? Highway, get in there and fuck shit up. 
Vague, but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of seeing him do. He's getting as close to the action as he can. He's right in the middle of it. Hoping to use that little outcropping that we see over on the side as a little bit of cover. Uh, but that does kind of interject him between the first transport and the enemies. Uh, that one, there's a drone right there that was behind the transport. And as you see Highway kind of skid up against that out rock outcropping there, you see that spear in his hand kind of flip around and spin, and he throws it just like a javelin right at that drone. So I have accuracy on this one because I boosted, uh, which is a good thing that I had accuracy because uh, that makes that going to just hit. All right. Ooh, nine damage to that guy. Ooh, All nice. Right. Nice. And the spear catches it. It carries it upwards shortly before the momentum slows and the spear weighted by the drone on the end of it slams down into the ground and the drone explodes in a blast of fire. Uh, shrapnel rains across the battlefield. But wait, there's more. Ooh. So as you see that happen, that spear goes flying out and you, you see at that moment that as he kind of almost bounces off the rock wall, as he skids to the uh, stop just at the right moment, you see him bend down and leap forward. So <laughs> he's kind of under that, you know, below that rock outcropping. And he actually jumps. It almost looks like he takes flight. As I fly up to three spaces towards targeted character. Which puts me in range of my auxiliary weapon. Which I can do all as part of the same uh, skirmish attack. So right. you see as he's getting ready to grab that spear that's flying back to him just before it happens. You see on the back of that arm, the same arm that was holding onto the spear, there's a little piece of metal that pops out, and a segmented blade pops out of his wrist, almost like Wolverine style. And he flicks that wrist, and the blade comes flying out towards the the other drone that's off to the side over here. All right, that thing's going to be gaining the benefit of some soft cover, so I had a difficulty die to that. So that means I unfortunately have to minus that, which I don't get my accuracy die on this attack. It only goes on the first one. So for those listening, uh, a difficulty die subtracts from the total roll. Right, so that is a 2 on the difficulty die, so that drops it to 12, but I have a plus 2 to attack, so that takes it back up to 14, so that's going to hit. And then I get, this is technically a 1d3, so that mine. So that is only a 1 on the die, but that makes it 4 damage total. Yeah, there you go. All right, Woo! that knife catches one of the engines of this thing, and as the turbine spins, the knife pierces it, and then catches fire, and the fire consumes this thing. And you get the smell of burning vegetation as one of those trees out there is caught on fire. But wait, there's more. Oh, uh, we're not done. Uh, you said this rock outcropping here, you said I can be under it somehow for a little cover? Uh, or if if it one was uh, on a, one side of it, it, it kind of juts, juts downward down and upward. If I were over here, I'd have cover. Okay, well, I, like I said, I wanted to give him more targets. So I'm just going to be more targets. So move me one more. Just move me one over here. As you see him take another little hop at the end to get a little closer to the enemy. And that is finally the end of my turn. All right, well. I have a lot of movement. And, like, <laughs> Rifus has a perfect view of him run out of the woods, spear something, jump in the air. What, you hatcheted another one? No, I actually threw a knife. knife. Okay. But, like, at the same time, Rifus is like, and recorded. Ah! <laughs> That is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Branding. Brent, yes. I'm going to get two more jobs off of this. It was pretty hot. Well, it is uh, going to be Team Drone. Uh, yeah, these three drones are going to all, since uh, all of Team Tiger has taken their turn. Uh, all, th all three drones. Black Tigers, gonna... Branding, get it right. 
All three, all three of the black drones are gonna take their turns. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I will see them in court. <laughs> <laughs> all three drones are gonna go ahead and take their turn before initiative rolls over, and one of them just kind of skids off to the side as it flanks off, spins in midair, and uh, fires a rocket towards the uh, highway out from the flaming vegetation caught fire by the drone that highway just eviscerated comes a rocket whistling and screaming through the trees and the blast detonates right at his feet as he skids to a halt from the follow through of that jump and he uh, takes four explosive damage. Well hang on, let's wait for a second see if this works. I, since I successfully hit on my main weapon last turn, get a blade master die. Ooh. And this I assume is a ranged attack? It is. So I get to roll this d6, and if I roll a 5 or a 6, I gain immunity to this damage. Oh, wow. All right. This is a deflect. You're literally deflecting it with your axe. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty, pretty awesome. No, I did not roll. I oh. rolled too. So you realize I... Rich was playing an anime character? <laughs> I, so that, how much damage is that? That is going to be four points of damage. Now, I will remind you. I'm not saying you need to. But you can roll a d6, and some of that will go away. I, I was considering doing that because I'm about to get bum punched here. So instead what I'll do is I'll look down at my tactical data and see that coming in and see if I can't kind of twist out of the way and avoid some of that damage. Okay. So I'll roll that leadership die. That's what oh, I was worried okay. about, damn it. I rolled the six, but still. So the way the the you know, the blast kind of just washes over the side of Highway's Lancer here uh, and fortunately avoids the damage. Emerging through the smoke is Highway. Unscathed. For its next action, it's going to go ahead and lock on as another one veers around towards the east side of the battlefield, kind of taking up the middle lane, and its minigun spins to life. Shoot me. Come on. And, aim, and aims at highway. Ah, <laughs> We're in a jungle. I, Kill me. I, mean, I figured that. That was kind of my goal, though, is to get them to shoot at me and not at the transport. No, you, you've done a fantastic job. Oh, Jesus, and he's wrong. That's going to that's gonna hit, so... As the minigun spins to life, red hot, out of position, your your spear swipes to avoid the, the rocket fire, putting you a little bit out of position, and the gunfire rips through your mech as you take four points of kinetic damage. All right. I'm just curious, Rich, how much HP do you have? 14. Okay. I'm not bad. I didn't, didn't know, like, if mine was good, bad, what everybody's was. Yeah. Max. My, my big thing is I've got a pretty freaking good evasion. What? 13's oh. pretty good, but he's just rolling. Oh, like, yeah. Great. What's your HP, Adam? 16. Pretty good. Nothing mm -hmm. crazy. Nine. I just didn't know if that was good. But you, you have probably Ten. some armor, too, don't you? Yeah. yeah. For its second action, it's going to now uh, lock on to you. Hmm. And the one in uh, close pursuit of the evacuation ship is going to fire its minigun at the fleeing ship. But the ship is quick and nimble, still kind of Reeling from the rocket blast, everyone is on high alert, and you see the gunfire kind of trail right behind, as if sort of in a following snaking pattern. The ship deftly weaves and dodges out of the way of the gunfire. And then Red 3 flies forward. That's alright, Red 3, just keep him off your back, we've got you. Just get out of the line of fire already! We're trying our best, we're doing what we can, taking evasive measures. On the private comm. Captain, hypothetically, if they weren't on the board, I could just do whatever I wanted, right? Yep. Turtle Shark, killing civilians is bad for our record and we'll get less jobs. Don't do it. Yes, sir. You just tell me what I can let loose. 
I want to deal with your weapon. So like, I, broken arrow, so broken with, arrow. With, with the, all your with the barrage, what, what will happen? I mean, I can do a bunch of damage to one target. He's not really meant to like, oh. spray. I, that's why my other weapon is a shotgun. Okay. I mean, yeah, if you're not doing area effect, just kill something. I don't know. Yeah, well, and if you consume my lock-on, you can roll twice and take the so, higher of the two. That's what I was going to say. If I go next, I can yeah. move up. Take advantage of her shit. thing, because that rolling twice is fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I'm not going to use the full armor. Kill those guys. I'm I'm good for at least another round unless he rolls amazingly well. I just thought if I moved up, that gets the ships closer, getting some cover from me. Um, well, you get a one move for free, essentially, so... But then that means that if they get behind me, I can't do things that would help provide them bonus cover. So it's oh, kind you of can a... move and do two. So move, yeah. you just get a move. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Now what I did is was called boosting. So one of my quick actions is I took a second move, mm. which activates a fuck ton of abilities for me. So that's why I do it all the time. So but that's the thing. If I go now, if they do get behind me, I can't deploy things that could like give them hard cover. So it's like, do I go now? get them closer to at least being able to get behind well, me? And you can take them in any order. So you could shoot and then move at the end. Like, no, I want to move, then shoot, and then okay. do something else. Okay. Yeah. That'd do it. But I mean, then I can't do shield stuff if they get behind me later. Like, I won't have my turn coming up to then deploy these extra shields for them. Let's Offense what? is king. Let's kill these things. Okay. Uh, then Turtle Shark is going to move forward three. He is going to take one quick action to shoot his shotgun at the... One that he had previously locked on, which, what does that give me? Uh, one accuracy die, a d6 that you get to add to the result. So if you shoot the one that she has locked on, you get to roll 2d20 and take the better one. Well, I don't think I'll need it, and I'd rather okay. somebody else get it, because also, I have an ability that, if I am within range 3, which I am, of the target I'm shooting at, I get a plus 1 accuracy with CQB weapons, which a shotgun is. So I get 2d6 accuracy added to this. Right. Hopefully I don't roll that shitty. Sure enough. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yep. That still, is... still missed. Wow. That, still missed. That is some ass rolling there. Man. Whoa. Rolled a D20 and 2D6 and couldn't hit 12. What, what, is, what is your total and there? Plus a two. Uh, that's nine there. Plus I get a plus two to my attack. So that's 11. <laughs> sure I need to lock on. Man. Listen, if that They're didn't nimble. help me, the rolling twice wasn't yeah. going to. We're all again. Let's see what happens. <laughs> No, fuck you. That's, that's a cursed roll right there. He'll, hit a, he'll get a nat 20. You know it. He, you know he will. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to waste that. Uh, so I'm going to use my other quick action and spend two SP to deploy a turret drone. So I'm going to put a turret drone represented by my D4 right about... All right. In between the two forward advanced drones, raining gunfire upon the, the tigers. Yes. All right. And that will finish out my turn with my move and two quick actions. All right. Does that drone act on its own turn in initiative? No. So basically what it is, is if an allied character makes a successful attack against a target, that drone automatically does three kinetic damage to them, and it takes my reaction to do so. Very good. But that's, yes, the end of my turn. Okay. Team drone. They don't really care for that. The front one that uh, just took receiving fire from the shotgun... Sort of twists, barrel rolls out of the way, and comes up on Turtle Shark's flank on his left side. Spins up the minigun. I have really low because <laughs> I'm a giant this fucking man. Six hit. Uh, six is my evasion. Yeah, it is. No, is it really? no shit. You're fucking. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> so no one thinks I'm lying. He's here. huge. Wow. 
Jesus. <laughs> really, really big mech. Tiny little weird question. I was going to say, weird, weird question. What's the max damage you can do, though? Four. You cannot hurt me. Because I have resistance to your damage and I have armor three. So Alright, well <laughs> you see the gunfire just kind of ricochet off. As Tigers fall back. <laughs> Turtle Shark just stay here. I, I Hand, really, handle I, this. I do really think he's fine. I do <laughs> thing. I just love the sound uh, of the bullets hitting <laughs> the side of the hall. As three of the mechs and like the two like ships like get retreat to safety. We just watched Tiger Shark fight drones for like a half hour until <laughs> <laughs> he walks back. What, what's that again? It's I'm, an owlbear. Because <laughs> I have resistance to... I also prove I said Tiger Shark and no one blinked an eye. Tiger Shark. Fuck you, don't ruin my character. <laughs> <laughs> no, I resistance to damage, burn, and heat from blast, burst, line, and cone attacks. And then I have armor three. That was neither a blast first line nor a cone attack but let me read it because he's adam (laughs) (laughs) blast plating the drake has resistance to damage comma comma, burn and heat from blast comma burst comma line and cone attacks sounds like it's from area effect attack so so basically anything that just kind of sprays in the area doesn't isn't as effective to you. They need to so be it's just OE, just whoever wrote that. Resistance to all damage, you. like period, seems OP. It's like that's why I took that it. would be. That's why I took it. Yeah. <laughs> so take it like if you take away the heat and stuff and just read it as you have resistance to the damage from these attacks, and it outlines the attack. It just happens to add in these others too. So it's basically just AOE damage. Okay. Cool. And for its uh, last quick action. The drone that fired upon you is going to lock on and end its turn. So, the black tiger. <sighs> Crouching tigers. Hidden drone. Uh, I mean, I can shoot two or three. I go first. I mean, But I pull that card a lot, so I don't want to be super ass. Because my intention is to go last, and I'm... Uh, yeah, cause he's not necessarily stationed the way I say. He, you know, highway's up there trying to dodge and be a target. Yeah. And just tank a little bit, unfortunately. So he's not just standing there. He's... I have a lot of area of effect stuff. So And there's too many friendlies for me from, to do that. And yeah, But from a tactical standpoint, your lock-on, which gives us the ability to roll 2d20, is fucking amazing. I so know, but as much here, as you can. here's the thing with using my lock-on where I, why I don't want to personally go next. It's because if I don't move, if I use a lock-on and I don't move as a free action, I can do another lock-on. Okay, does anyone, like, have a hard-on to go first? But, so, if I... You go. Okay. Yeah, because if you can go and a drone can move closer to me, then I can lock-on a two in one round. Okay, then I'm going to go first. So, like, the Tiger Moth kind of, like, does a side shift left, like, those big claws releasing from the ground, so he's going to be a little less accurate, but he is going to fire up that rail gun. And try to hit two of these guys. The nearest of which has a lock on. I kind of get it already, though. Can you take that on the second guy? So, the Death's Head may reroll its first range attack each round, but must keep the second result. I would say, yeah, if you want to use that on a particular attack roll in this okay. like, line of effect, I, I'm I fine would, with that. I would neuralink the second guy. So, first guy gets a target lock, so roll twice. Yeah, just All right. So plus better. four, eight or better hits. 
1614. So that will be... Still 2d6 plus 4. 14 damage. All right. And that nearest one is ripped apart as the blast just bisects it. Splits it right in two. I should have re- rolled the other guy first, though. All right. Seven? No. So the second guy misses. The second attack. You get that, that precognition as it veers off. You you can see in your mind's eye the path it, it should be going to, and as you fire, it just barely swoops out of the way. Too quick and nimble. Nimble little bastard. And one of these transports is going to fly ahead. And it's going to veer past Ricky in his Tiger Shark and swoop in behind him to gain the benefit of the massive mech's cover and line of sight. Get right behind the leg. And you other ship, you get right behind my other leg. Private comms, Rifus is like, They are not skates. I didn't say they were skates. You want me to keep them alive? You were were thinking it. You said I was not. I'm just going to box them in like they're a baby. I'm sorry. Did you say box them in like a baby? Yeah. What? What? We will unpack that later. Who <laughs> And one of the drones in the rear of the battleground is going to lock another rocket into place, let it fly, and uh, this one actually has the smart tag. It's going to target E-Defense rather than Evasion. Go for it. Consume lock-on. Roll 11. Yeah, I mean, that's going to hit my E-defense. Would have missed my evasion, though. All right. As Highway tries to step out of the way and definitely dodge this missile, as he hops to the side, it flies backwards, tracing his electronic signature, turns around, and rockets right into him. And the blast erupts, dealing four points of damage. Son of a... Highway taking heavy fire. And the drone gets another lock on. And back to Team Tiger. Someone get in there and help Highway. Okay. So, that blue guy right there. Good. Oh, I didn't uh, see that. Dr- <laughs> that drone right there. Um, One problem with Adam's ginormous <laughs> fucking bag is I'm like, yeah, we've killed a lot of things. And then, like, everyone's looking at an enemy I can't see <laughs> <laughs> because it's behind Adam's bag. <laughs> Which is probably fair because you're like, yeah. oh, shit, there's Honestly, some. fair. Um, okay, I'll use my magnetic cannon could lock on before you do that if you want to. Well, I was kind of thinking, because if I use my magnetic cannon, it's going to pull it three spaces up to me if it hits, and then if it gets pulled three spaces up to me, I can immediately hit it with my fold knife. That'd be pretty tight. Because it's right there. I that just would, have to, you know. That would be cool. Hit, hit it. Tell me you're doing that. Tell me you're doing that. No, that's what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how that so goes. Right, make sure goes. like the camera, like one of the tech cameras <laughs> is panning that way. Like this will be awesome. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna make the greatest highlight reel ever. So that didn't uh did not hit. No, because that was a nine. God damn it, damn Shaman! It, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, we rolled like so absolute bad. ass. You were this close to greatness. Cause you n- you never give me a freaking time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> Isn't that hers there? No, that's no. That, that's for Red that was, Four. Oh, I can't yeah. believe he That's for your fault, Captain. He's given he's given me more than he's given <laughs> Sylvia. Not gotten a single die. Okay. I didn't know you were gonna shoot today. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna blame that on my giant back too. 
<laughs> okay, I will. Uh -huh. Clear the comps. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, move up though and attack with my fold knife though. No, it misses too. Whatever like camera I have ready to capture shaman doing cool shit, I just turn it off. <laughs> yeah, just turn it off like, and then delete. Um, I just move that power to another one thing, sector. One Actually, no, I turn that. that camera toward highway. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, that's a lot of pressure. Remember, guys, we have to win with style to get more jobs. <laughs> Hidden, you would gain if you took the quick action. Uh, high. Uh, high. Actually, you have to take the specific quick action. Okay, yep. cool. I'll just stay there, then. All right. Because you never get... He still doesn't give me a die. Trash. You can't hit anything because you don't have a leadership die. You... <laughs> I'm just not okay, allowed. Okay, get a leadership okay. die. Fairness, don't hit anything. The leadership die wouldn't help her hit. <laughs> so... Well, I thought well. you could add it onto the, the attack. No, no. It, it's damage oh, or no. decreased damage or increased damage. Uh-huh. Well, then it looks like Team Drone must be next. And the drone in the back boosts forward, and as it flanks by Red 3 on its evacuation route, it lets fly another missile, and that missile snakes through the air, finding an impact just between both of the rear-facing engines, and explodes. Both of those engines detonate, and Red 3 begins to careen towards the ground, and you hear over your short-range comms the pilot scream amidst the static, the blast of the impact, and the chaos aboard. We've been hit! altitude and we're going down and what happens to them we will find out next time next ah. episode of the adventures vault lancer thanks for listening to the adventurous vault be sure to visit theadventurousvault.com for more episodes and campaign information. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. If you like what you hear, give The Adventurous Vault a shout out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you don't like what you hear, visit The Adventurous Vault Discord server and let the cast know directly just what you think of them. And while you're there, listen to the exclusive content to see if it's just as bad. The Adventurous Vault is produced by Night Owl Workshop, LLC. Now go quick, listen to more before I hunt you down.